Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Whole crew here today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to get to. It's cocaine at the White House, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. Whoever, whoever <laughs> would have brought cocaine into the White House. I can't Ooh. imagine. The smartest uh, man in the world, then. <laughs> Before we get there, uh, tragedy in Philadelphia over yeah. the extended weekend. Yeah, there was a tragedy in Philadelphia on Monday. Five people being murdered at a neighborhood party. A uh, dude with a rifle and a pistol opened fire on them. Uh, he's been arrested. He's a 40-year-old cross-dresser who posted things about defunding the police on Facebook. So now, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cross-dresser? Yeah. I didn't see that on Legacy Media. No, no, because now, now that that narrative, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, this person is not only black, but is trans. Uh, we we really have to move away from this particular story and make hmm. it more about gun violence in America. Yes, that's and what I've noticed. That's what they do. I mean, CNN had the big roundup. Oh my gosh, the nation rattled by gun violence across the. It's just it's one of these things where uh, you look into the details. A lot of times it was gang related violence. I'm not entirely yeah. sure why this person opened fire, but. Again, it's not the like random spree killing kind of stuff in, in, in many of the cases that you've seen. And many of the cases that you've heard about or that get lumped together as one big event happen to also be in neighborhoods where that stuff is huh, actually not all that uncommon. And they are in some of the highest gun control areas in this country. Yes, but... They can still bring out the stat, and I forget the number now. That's the 363rd mass shooting this year. Okay. uh, But we need to define how. Why didn't you report on the other 347? Yeah. But isn't because there, it doesn't fit a narrative. Isn't there a definition, though, of what is and what isn't? Yeah, it's four, four yeah. or more people shot. Right. Is, yes. Is how they define that. Which, yes, in, in places like Chicago, unfortunately, is not all that uncommon. No. And Chicago and Illinois in general have some of the strictest, if not the strictest, gun laws in the country. And, I mean, if you're going by statistics, oftentimes those are African Americans. Mm-hmm. Isn't it racist that they don't want to cover that? Oh, it is. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia prosecutor, by the way, Larry Krasner, this uh, Soros DA, uh, mm-hmm. said on CNN this morning that the shooting in Philadelphia was the fault of Republicans. Okay. What? It is time for this legislature and, frankly, legislators across the country to swear off their addiction to NRA money and to swear off their addiction to this gun fetish that is really oh, hold on, on a sh- second. The NRA narrative. Yeah, yeah. that's. It, Hasn't that suffered in it, the past few years? It doesn't really work because when you have a huge spike in the number of people getting guns and yet mm. NRA membership is stagnant at best, if not yeah. going down, well, obviously, the gun lobby that they're so afraid of is not the NRA. It's not Gun Owners of America or any other organization. It's the American people that they're talking right. about. 
And when you look at the stats of who's buying the most guns, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't fit their narrative. No. And in Philadelphia in particular, that's one of the ground zero locations for uh, African-American gun rights organizations because of the rampant crime. So there I mean, we talked about a story the Philadelphia Inquirer ran a couple of uh, months ago about how especially African-American women were wanting to learn how to defend themselves with firearms because they couldn't depend on the cops to do their jobs. Yes, but that doesn't stop Krasner, the DA, from going on with his talking points. That is really only shared by a moderate quantity of the U.S. population. Most Americans want reasonable gun regulation, just like they want reasonable car regulation, and they accept reasonable car regulation. What does reasonable mean? They never tell you. Also, bro... Uh, we don't have a constitutional right to have a car. Good point. Uh, it's time for people who are running for office to swear off NRA money, to swear off gun lobby money, to swear off okay. this absurd interpretation of the Second Amendment that has been put out there by militias, much of it oh. untrue. Uh, and frankly, it's time for the Supreme Court to cut it out. This should not be a country of guns. It should be a country of people, living people. Yeah. Okay. The, the interesting stat with Larry Krasner, too. Talk about gun violence. Mm-hmm. In the first two years in office, he dropped the charges on more than 60% of shooting cases and 37% of illegal firearm possession cases. Yes. He's not serious about stopping criminals with guns. No, he wants to get them back on the street. We don't want no more police. He's he's part of that movement. Yeah, yeah of course. All right, more on that a little bit I later. I do think we should rewrite the Constitution to include cars, though. Just include it? Yeah. Okay. Get work on that. I mean, if we're going to start rewriting it, why not? Uh, Joe Biden uh, was celebrating Independence Day Mm -hmm. uh, with a speech that had some people scratching their heads trying to figure out what he was trying to say. Yeah, Biden celebrated the 4th of July with the thugs at the teachers' union, the National Educators or Education Association, the largest one, not the ATF or AFT, I mean. Uh, He had a clear and uplifting message, fellas. I do want to tell you that. Okay. And probably, but children are the kite strings, they're not somebody else's, they're all our children, are the kite strings that lift our national ambitions aloft. And you hold those strings. You hold those strings. Okay, did you get that, Scott? No. <clears throat> the kite strings? Yeah. yeah. And you hold those strings? Yeah. Meaning the teachers hold the strings? They're all our children? What's he getting at, David? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to get at what that metaphor is supposed to mean. I assume he's quoting somebody else. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, like, the the, the kite strings don't hold the kite aloft. They don't – the wind is what blows it up. I mean, it just <laughs> – I'm just trying to figure this out. <laughs> like, how, how does this make sense? Like, it, yes, it keeps the, uh, the kite from flying away in the wind, I guess, but I – I'm not really sure what that means. Well, it's also a green energy initiative. <laughs> right. <laughs> the wind beneath the kite? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Powered the by the string hangs. Okay. And they're the kite strings. They, yeah. Yeah, okay. Our children are the kite strings of tomorrow. You know, oh, I man. don't know. I don't know either. We, we sit really here don't. and we sit here and try to parse what this yeah. guy's saying, and we really don't know either. He should just follow up everything he says with "You know the thing." You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 you know the it. thing. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not really, but whatever. Holy smokes, Daddy-O. Sure. Yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of Independence Day, 
uh, Representative Cory Bush, oh. Democrat from Missouri. Gosh, dang. <laughs> uh, she wanted to put out there, uh, just as a reminder, the Declaration of Independence wasn't writ- or was written by enslavers and didn't recognize black people as human. Today is a great day to demand reparations now. That's how she decided mm-hmm. to celebrate the 4th of July. And you, who was the other person? David, you oh, texted uh, that yesterday. Who was that? Yeah, Jamal, Jamal Bowman? Bowman. Jamal Bowman is uh, like one of the male members of the squad. And I, he's, a, he's a pathetic human being. He just He's the guy who tries to make name for himself by yelling at random women in the hallway in Congress. Um, he's always trying to photobomb people. I mean, it's just he has no self-control either. He's always flying off the handle. Um, and he's not all that bright, honestly. Uh, so he put out a tweet saying, This July 4th, we must remember that we stand on stolen land toiled by enslaved Africans and recommit ourselves to the fight for freedom, equality, and justice so that these ideals are accessible to everyone, not just a privileged few. We are not free until everyone is truly free. <laughs> Goodness Dude, gracious. Take a Midol and a bubble bath and just settle down, dude. All right. I saw some of the backlash to some of these tweets. Was it Ian Miles Strong? Tweeted back, don't you think more than enough white people paid for it with their blood during the Civil War? You know, it's part of what I was thinking, because the Washington Post, I think it was, had something like, you know, July 4th used to be a a protest holiday among uh, enslaved populations. And I'm like, hey, okay, I... What does that have to do with anything today, right? Because, you know, a whole lot of white people went and died to free the slaves, right? No, they don't know that. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm almost certain they don't know that. Sometimes what I think is when I hear all this nonsense, you know what? We need the GoFundMe. Uh, we need a missions trip for a whole lot of people to mm-hmm. see some other parts of the world. Yeah. When you're talking about oppression and tyranny. No, no, no. You need to really see what that is. Hey, you've got an electric congressperson making six figures a year in this country <laughs> who is a complete dope. I, I mean, seriously, you can achieve yes. that here, right? Yeah. Well, like Corey You're Bush, kind of the poster yeah. child that anything's possible. Anything's possible. Look at you. Corey. Six figures a year. Yeah, Corey Bush is barely literate. And yet exactly. is, yeah. is able to... Somehow. Have a a voice in Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Again, poster child. All right. Who was it that brought the Coke into the White House? Do you know yet? Oh, my gosh. It's the mystery of the century, isn't it? A substance discovered in the White House. You know. You know who it was. You know it was the Russians. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) You know it, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, apparently, they found there was a brief lockdown because they found a white powdery substance. And then they said, oh, yeah, it was actually cocaine. It was in an area of the West Wing where visitors would be, where Joe Biden would be. And, of course, everybody helpfully pointed out, you know, Hunter Biden was there on Friday before they all went to Camp David. I mean, and I saw a bunch of these lefty loons on uh, on uh, Twitter trying to make Don Jr. jokes. Like, okay, but there is one first son who is confirmed to have been a cocaine addict. He's bragged yeah. about it. He re- he wrote a damn book about it, and it wasn't Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> no, man. Wow, Come that's on, rich. Man. I hadn't seen the Don Jr. joke. Yeah. I miss those, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, everyone's thinking the same thing when you hear Coke in the White House and 
Hunter was there on Friday. Gee, well, how, how do you connect those dots, huh? Hmm. That seems improbable. Yeah, no what, kidding. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And he lives there now. So that would make sense. He actually lives oh, they, there. Yeah, he's living in the White House. I think he's been treating it like an Airbnb. Yeah. I kind of think so, too. Yeah. Wow, just kind of staying over there. Yeah. yeah. And then the guy had the cojones to jump up onto the, uh, with his dad and his uh, stepmom to watch the fireworks, <laughs> holding his kids. Hey! <laughs> well, not all of his kids. No. Oh, no. Well, no, not the one we don't want to talk about. No, and, and White House staff's being coached. Yeah, we don't talk about that seventh one. Yeah. Yeah. Grandkid, as far as Joe's concerned. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that a little bit later, too. Uh, man, there's a lot going on. And big, big story. Federal court blocks government interference in free speech. That means you, White House. Wow. Yeah. That's a big one. And is this true? Only 59% of Americans knew what we were celebrating yesterday? No. Oh, buddy. All coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hope you had a good fourth. This is interesting. Federal court has blocked government interference in free speech, David. Yeah. the uh, the Remember the Twitter files? We talked about it a lot. I know most mainstream media didn't, but uh, this is the detailed reporting on how the federal government coerced social media companies to silence people who were speaking out against official information, like a Correct. lot of it with COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and many of those things that the federal government sought to suppress were actually true. But they went against what Lord, Lord Fauci and, you know, the, the rest of the bureaucratic state uh, wanted to have out there. And so a lot of stories were quashed, including also the Hunter Biden laptop story, all of those things. Right. Uh, well, going off of that, a federal judge has now blocked the feds from doing it. This is the result of a lawsuit led by the Missouri Attorney General. Uh, the preliminary injunction uh, stops nearly all federal, all of the federal government, including DHS, DOJ, and uh, Health and Human Services, from coercing and colluding with social media companies to censor free speech. Good. So you've got key officials of the White House, CDC, FBI, State Department, and other agencies uh, blocked from participating in the federal government's censorship enterprise. Uh, now, the judge in this case was only weighing whether or not there was a case to be made on the part of the people making the claim. So whether basically saying, can this case proceed or not? Um, and so uh, at this point, it's still very early in the game. But the judge is saying, oh, yeah, I think that this really was uh, a, 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 a remarkable violation of people's First Amendment freedoms and protections. And so on the 4th of July of all days, you get this injunction handed down that says, yeah, feds, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> the revolving door between Twitter, Facebook, and the federal government, that ends. Love it. What happens next? I mean, I'm assuming they'll appeal it. Well, it's not, again, this, this was just ruling whether or not there was actually a case to be made. So this okay. will make its way through the messy court system. We probably will not have a resolution to this for years to come but it's a very positive first step i was just going to say yeah I, somebody sent me a note this weekend said that's ah, kind of a nothing burger and i'm like well i don't know about a nothing burger no they have to admit now i mean it's a <laughs> something they had burger, influence yeah. there was a great op-ed we'll get to it later from a doctor who had voted for biden that was saying here are some of the best ways to treat covid and was shouted down and ended up leaving his post yeah. saying, okay, I, I don't know what to do with this. It's kind of crazy. 
and he wrote a piece called How to Create a Fake News Cycle. It's really interesting. We'll get yeah. to that a little bit later. The other thing is the federal judge issuing the injunction uh, that bans the Biden administration officials from communicating with. Yeah. Can't do it. Working for the White House. Yeah. Don't Good. Be, don't be doing that stuff. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, I mentioned that, what is the number, 59% knew that yesterday we were celebrating the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Now, before you get too crazy, yeah, like in depression, there were 22% they said were close, saying the establishment of the United States as an independent nation. Yeah, that's close. So that's close. Mm-hmm. So then it makes it look a whole lot worse. You know, because then you got 81% that it, well, 59% knew it, and well, 81% were close. 19%, I don't know. <laughs> Fireworks. We love fireworks. Right. I don't know. Something about uh, uh, something about Mexico. It's kind of like uh, Cinco de Mayo, right? Uh, I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah whatever. Um, separate poll found that a third of us can't spell the word independence. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> you think it's tough? Well, I might might be. I don't know. Do you want to test it? No. <laughs> Now I'm, now I'm really nervous. I shouldn't have even said that. Now I'm unnerved because now I know I'd boot it. My, so. my guess is that a lot of people spell it like independence, like D-A-N-C-E. That's what E-N-C-E. I figured. E-N-C-E. E-N-C-E. Yeah. 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 I figured that. Watching you sweat bullets, though, Robin, is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, you want to go ahead and do when, it? When stuff like this happens, it's like, I, no. Man, oh, man. Yeah. So did you have a good fourth? I had a good fourth, yeah. David? Nice. Yeah, it was nice. You know, I got I got to spend some time with the family, with uh, my, my brother and sister-in-law and their daughters, uh, with my kids as well. It was really cool to see all the kids interacting with each other. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. All right. Fireworks, fun. Everybody fireworks, yeah. yeah. good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, a lot to get to. Um, the Hunter Biden case, the actual case against him. It's getting more interesting by the day. Sure is. We'll put it that way. We'll get to that, a news update, and what's your story? Straight ahead right here. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, saw this piece out of the New York Post editorial. And I think for some of us that watch the whole Hunter Biden show be paraded out there and all oh, this is just disinformation russian disinformation there's nothing to it why he, hey he was an addict okay mm-hmm. he's over all that stuff leave him alone right only to find out of course the laptop was real we've known this for a long time and the biggest story was it leads to joe and how the family benefited from all of these foreign quote relationships okay so as they lay this story out especially from what we found out over the last week to two weeks. Sometimes it's hard to keep it all straight. And I thought this made it a whole lot easier to understand. So, David, you're very good about this, especially with a news background at filling in gaps. Okay? Okay. So as it starts, it says, cut through Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss's evasions and A.G. Merrick Garland's posturing. It looks like both of them are to blame for Hunter Biden's skating. On these tax charges. Yeah, it's basically he didn't file uh, on time for a couple of years. And then there's the federal gun charge, 
which uh, I know I'm a broken record on it, but is sending a woman in Virginia to prison for two years for committing the same crime Hunter Biden is basically getting probation for. Correct. And David, when you were off on Friday, U.S. Attorney David Weiss, uh, well, he chose that day because it was going to be a big, long weekend. Yeah. It's the data drop. Who's going to pay attention to this? He publicly admitted, either one, he never had the power to charge Hunter for most of his alleged crimes. Two, the Joe Biden appointed U.S. attorneys for D.C. and Southern California, who did have the power, refused. And three, to get the power, he needed Merrick Garland to make him a special prosecutor. Oh boy. He never said he asked for it, though. The whistleblowers, in this case, say he claimed he had but got turned down. Mm-hmm. So somebody's lying there. Yeah. And if so, was that by Garland or some subordinate? Well, we don't know. Did Garland know that the key U.S. attorneys had refused to indict Hunter? What would you bet? I would bet he did. Uh, of course he, he did. did. Yeah. 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 And he agreed with it. As it goes on, it says, we do not... Uh, we do know that no charges ever got filed in D.C. before the statute of limitations kicked in, shielding Hunter from prosecution over his non-payment of taxes on his Barisma windfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he exactly knew what he was doing in the energy world. That he was key to Barisma's right. success. Right? Of course, he was. No, it was, it was about a payment. It was a payout. And the plea deal Weiss offered the first son will keep him out of prison on the rest unless the courts, as they should, refuse to okay it. And then it goes a little deeper and says, at least as important, whistleblower testimony indicates that one of Weiss's top aides, Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf, during the Trump years, repeatedly shut down all lines of investigation that pointed toward Joe Biden's possible involvement, as well as interfering with efforts to gather more evidence on Hunter. Yeah. Was Weiss aware of that? You're guessing probably. Probably. They all know, don't they? And what is his explanation for his office's failure to take up ex-Hunter partner Tony Bobolinsky's offer to provide evidence? Yeah, I mean, Bobolinsky's over there in the corner going, hey, I got it. Hey. And they don't even call on him. No. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, when you really take a step back. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's corruption at the highest level. Well, and this guy, Tony Bobolinsky, if, if, if the name kind of rings a bell, this is the guy who was Hunter's business partner who was interviewed by Tucker Carlson ahead of the uh, election who was saying, yeah, there, there was a pretty interesting relationship between Joe and his son, Hunter, uh, when it came to these foreign business deals. And Joe was getting a cut of this. Um, he had offered to talk to the FBI and you know, and for the few mentions he got in legacy media, for the most part, it was sort of like, oh, well, he's just being used by conservatives. But just remember, a progressive Democrat named Ro Khanna vouched for the guy's credibility, said, hey, I don't I don't know about the details of what he's alleging, but I will say I've worked with him. I've done business with him mm-hmm. and I've never thought of him to be a serial fabulist or anything like that. He's not a liar. But this stuff goes deep. Not yeah. one man can stop it. I mean, right. <laughs> the wheels were in motion. Yeah. And, you know, Big Tech was told, you kill that story. Mm-hmm. Twitter, that New York Post story, ixnay it. It's gone. 
We're not going to talk about this anymore. And so, yeah, with Bobolinsky, I remember different liberals on, you know, MSNBC, CNN, and probably another Russian stooge. Where, yeah. And Tucker Carlson is pushing, you know, more Russian disinformation, blah, 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 blah. There's never been any apologies for that as far as I can tell. But, man, the whole thing stinks, and that's, that's the whole reason for the editorial. And, you know, to me, it's like we know this. We're in it every day. But almost reading it laid out like that, you're like, this really is nuts, man. Mm. This isn't normal. Well, you always look, too, at this stuff when you think to yourself, what does the person making the allegations have to gain by doing it? And with Bobolinsky, I failed to see anything he had to gain from it. He was going to be vilified. I suppose that you could make the argument he could sell a lot of books if he wanted to write a book about it if there would have been the kind of takedown of a presidential candidate well, yeah. is what we've seen in the past. You could make that argument. But, I mean, this but guy I, opened himself up to all sorts of slings and arrows and death threats and everything else. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, gosh, dang. I don't think he's benefited a dime from any of this. The other thing is, I mean, it's wide open right now. There are a lot of people that could go find Bobolinsky and he would talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're still not doing it. It's not like he's hiding. Yeah. Some third world country somewhere in a mud hut. It's interesting, yeah. man. Keeping an eye on that. Yeah. All right, it's that time of the show. Going around the table. May not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? You remember the idiot former mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, the guy who killed the groundhog on Groundhog's Day? I still remember him eating yes. a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And also Moron. him eating. During COVID. Yeah, yeah during yes. COVID. Yeah. If you uh, if you get your vaccine, you can get a free cheeseburger or something, something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to talk well, about his new arrangement? Yes. <laughs> this is a beauty. <laughs> so, so he and his wife, Charlene, are separating. But they're not divorcing. They're separating. Okay? Uh, but they're going to live together still. Live but in the same place, they're yes. Gonna, uh, but they're going to see other people or something like that. Uh, oh, they're going to start seeing other people while still living together. de Blasio and McRae made this announcement in an extensive dual interview with the failing New York Times. His wife, McRae, Charlene McRae, said, I just want to have fun. The f- <laughs> okay. Uh, now, they, the, they started talking about separating in early May, but troubles in their relationship went back much further than that. Uh, McRae said, <laughs> McRae revealed that she had been skeptical of de Blasio's 2020 run for president. <laughs> uh, she argued the bid was a distraction, but she stood by her husband. Because such yeah. a campaign is not the kind of thing where you can break ranks. That's part of the difficulty of being uh, part of a package. Part of a package. My goodness. Yeah. De Blasio okay. went on to acknowledge that McCray had been calling herself a lesbian when they first met. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so to Bill de Blasio is a real-life Kramer. And just, like, I send him away, he brings him back. Yep. Uh, but anyway, he said that reali- that reality always caused him to harbor doubts about their relationship. What? Really? No kidding. For the guy who took a chance on a woman who was an out lesbian and wrote an article called I Am a Lesbian, there was a part of me that at times would say, hmm, is this like a time bomb ticking? Is this something that you're going to regret later on? <laughs> that's an actual quote. Yeah, that's, a- that's actually what he said. Yes. I like, too, like, he's the guy throwing her a bum, like, just like, yeah, I'm going to take a chance on you. I know you're a lesbian, but I'm going to. You never had a man quite like me. (laughs) All right. 
Uh, neither de Blasio nor McRae referenced a third party as a reason <laughs> for their split. I love this, though. This idiot's like, you know, back when we met 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I wondered, hmm, could the fact that she wrote a book about being a lesbian cause problems <laughs> in our marriage years <laughs> down the road? <laughs> yeah, and, every, and the thing is, when you're separated and still living together in the same place, I mean, every game's on the road after that, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, man. I had a buddy of mine that dated a woman for a little while that still lived with her ex. And it was because of a financial situation. Yeah. And, you know, you're having that conversation with your buddy going, dude, this is not going to work out. This is going to get kind of creepy. Yeah, It was. It was, you know, all sorts of craziness going but, on there. But if she is right. a lesbian, then, uh, I mean. If- yeah, yeah, that's a totally different story there. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, I like this story because I like this guy. Anti-woke businessman Vivek Ramaswamy has now broken to double digits in the Republican primary race. Wow. You know, we were talking about this guy. Like, does anybody know who he is? But every time he's out there, he just makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Similar to other national surveys, the poll finds Trump, of course, with a strong lead, 49%. DeSantis at 33%. But there's Ramaswamy at 16%. So, I mean, there's some traction here. Yeah. I mean, it's still gonna, not going to be enough. I mean, you got to believe. No other candidates in double digits, including what? Pence, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, yeah, Chris Christie. Single digits. Yeah, they're all in single digits. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe just enough noise to alter the, the – I don't know. We'll see. I like this guy, though. I love the fact that he came out of nowhere with a name like Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy, and nobody knows who he is. Well, he's got quite a track record right. of success. But outside of that world, yes. you know, I mean – yeah, he makes a lot but, of sense. But when he talks, you listen, man. He makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah, I like uh, that. For my story, it was the eight people in Wisconsin that got stuck upside down on a roller coaster oh, for over three hours over God. the weekend. Dang. County Fair in Crandon, Wisconsin, about 100 miles north Green Bay. Oh, buddy. Um, and as we found out a little earlier um, from our friend Veronica, what does it take almost 24 hours upside down to die from yeah, that? Yeah, it's got to be yeah. something like 24 to 28 hours. Wow. This was less than four. Less uh, than four. Yeah. Oh, crap. The ride is called the Fireball, mm. by the way. It's like a roller coaster, except it's just one big loop. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair. You know, you're not going to have a, a huge roller coaster. Um, so you go around and around over and over, and then it's kind of done. But it got stuck up there during one of the loops. So, as it said in the story, everyone's, you know, upside down, and that's true to a degree. It wasn't all the way to the top. It was, like, I'd say three-quarters. So, if you were in the last car, you're kind of, like, looking up and sort of upside down, but not fully upside down, if that yeah. makes sense. That had been, at least in my opinion, the seat you would have wanted to have yeah. if you had any on there. Well, until well, somebody good- starts puking. Exactly. It's a good thing they had an engineer standing by that ran the ride that could help. (laughs) But it looks like everybody's going to be okay. And they said, hey, it was inspected ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Because people are like, would you really trust one of those rides to begin with? Mm -hmm. You've done it several times, Scott, when your daughter was little, I remember. Yeah, it scared me to death. I know, but you can't say, who would do that? Because I would say you would do it. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen you do it. I didn't hang upside down, though. (laughs) Did you ever go on a loop-to-loop, though? I probably did. She loved that kind of stuff. I mean, when she was little, she'd laugh, and I was white-knuckling it, screaming like a little girl. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, much more to get to. Uh, so after the 4th of July, someone says, yeah, we're really not free. That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hope you had a good Independence Day. Well, it's, we're really not free people. Not everybody. Oh, you know. gosh. Dang, this was a hot rotation this weekend. Yeah, it really was. A bunch of liberals who hate America. I mean that sincerely. They actually oh, do yeah, seem to hate do. America. Yes. Um, we're tweeting out on July 4th just the worst takes out there. Jamal Bowman, representative out of New York. Uh, this July 4th, we must remember that we stand on stolen land, toiled by enslaved Africans, and recommit ourselves to the fight for freedom, equality, and justice so that these ideals are accessible to everyone, not just a privileged few. We are not free until everyone is truly free. Okay, trying to outdo that, I guess, is Bree Newsom Bass. Yeah. Are you familiar with she that person? She is a complete nut lefty <laughs> activist. <laughs> I don't know why the word nut still makes me laugh. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, her tweet was, Americans' false belief that this country has been on a steady progression toward granting equal rights to all mm-hmm. since its founding is exactly what inspires complacency in this hour as the Supreme Court replaces the Constitution with themselves. Yeah, yeah we, we haven't been steadily progressing whatsoever to be a more perfect union. Not at all. And I just ask her, and I, I, not to be controversial or anything, if you really think there's been no progress, then when's the last time you were in a cotton field? It's a good question. Probably never. Another tweet uh, from her from yesterday. I'm sorry, but anyone happily waving American flags right now is either a gleeful white supremacist mm-hmm. or is gleefully uninformed. <sighs> then Most leave. The serious people on yes. the planet. Yeah, I don't know why you're I, here. It's it's not a love it or leave it type of mentality that I'm espousing. It's just if you're that miserable here, then go somewhere else. I am espousing that actually. Either that, it's like either, either oh, that I'm espousing or, my tax money be spent doing it. Right. Just it's so leave, terrible. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, there are plenty of those out there. We had mentioned Corey Bush earlier. Ugh. Blah blah blah. And then Ben and Jerry's. I saw that. Oh, yeah. Knuckleheads. They really can't read the room, can they? And hypocrites. Oh, yeah, because their campus is on Native American land. Okay, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. This 4th of July, let's commit to returning it. Yeah, you first. I mean, if you look at the the state of Vermont's history, I mean, it it was uh, like over a century of bloody battles between natives and and colonists. And, I mean, it it wasn't stolen. It was earned, okay? I'm sorry. It, It, yeah. Yeah. You know what you need to laugh? It's not that it was funny for this kid or this dad, but at the time, if you've ever given your kid a driving lesson, at least it didn't go this bad. The kid went up a retaining wall with some cement blocks because he was trying to avoid a pothole, and this is what happens. Go ahead and roll it. Should we save it? I don't want to save it. you got to hear this. Go around behind Kroger. You don't have to deal with There's a big hole right there. Stop, stop. Sam, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Everything will be all right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on. Uh, the program is still there. What program? What are we talking about? Well, Joe Biden celebrated the Fourth of July with the uh, well with the monsters at the teachers' unions, and wanted the teachers to know they could still qualify for student loan forgiveness because the mean old Supreme Court said the executive branch can't just wave a magic wand. Oh. All right, roll that. By the way, the program is still there. Go to anyway. You ought to contact us to make sure you know exactly how to qualify. <laughs> Go to uh oh. I don't. I don't have the website. What? Yeah. Is that last part again. Go to anyway. You ought to contact us to make sure you know exactly how to qualify. <laughs> Give us a call. We'll we'll tell you. Okay. Operators are standing by. <laughs> right. Golly. And this is the public service loan forgiveness program. It's been around for a while. It's it's like if you're a teacher, university professor, things like that, you can. In some circumstances, you can qualify to get your debt uh, significantly reduced. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway is usually when he's giving up. Oh, yeah, totally. That's uh, what we've heard before. Anyway. Well, he started near strong. And dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. <laughs> Just, yeah. That's, that's utter defeat, man. That's crying. The words uncle. are hard. <laughs> I don't have the fight in me today. Damn, man, that sentence got hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or when he's really lost, just, uh, what am I doing? I just die. Uh, excuse me. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, Yeah, um, it happens. Do you think it's going to be Newsom? Saw a few pieces over the weekend. No, I don't. Well. I mean, it would be cool if there was a run, so there's a compare and contrast going on anyway by his own party. Gavin Newsom out in Idaho campaigning for Joe Biden. Who believes that, yeah. that he's really campaigning for Joe Biden? No, he's playing it smart. You know, you got to look like you're a team player until yes. the nation calls upon you to step up. Yep. And I'd love it, too, because I really do think that guy... I mean, feet of clay is is too generous. Oh yeah, with this guy, he is he is terrible off script. I totally agree with you. I was reading a piece, a local piece from Idaho, and different people were quoted in the story saying, "Hearing him speak, he's so presidential. <laughs> it's like it's all getting set up for oh, him. Yeah. Just hilarious." Well, we've all seen the you know style over substance people in the past succeed. Well, yes. You know, and he's certainly a, a poster child for that. Holy smokes. Well, he's got to be someone they can control. Yeah. Well, they can control him easily, yes. As far as the power brokers well, of the yeah. Democratic I mean, Party. They can, they can absolutely. absolutely puppet him. Yeah. Yeah. And he just looks the part. Because he doesn't know. Right. He just looks the part. He's yes. central casting candidate. Yes. Uh, David, when you were talking about Biden being with teachers unions, um, it reminds us of everything that happened with the schools with COVID. Mm -hmm. And now epidemiologists are saying, yeah, we got it wrong, but no one could have predicted that? Yeah. Really? University of California, San Francisco, does uh, something called Grand Rounds Panel. 
just like it's a, a periodic discussion amongst uh, epidemiologists, other doctors from all over the country, where they talk about current issues in medicine. And obviously, COVID has been a big part of that over the last three years. Um, they talked about what the medical community got wrong during the pandemic. And as the article writes, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, come on. Uh, epidemiologist and data scientist uh, Caitlin Jettelina uh, hesitated to condemn closing schools pre-vaccinations. Most of the time, diseases are worse for children, leading scientists to assume incorrectly that COVID-19 would be the same. Uh, she says, well, that, that's abnormal. We thought and we were wrong that schools accelerate transmission in a community, but rather they just reflected the community transmission. They didn't become vectors. Dr. Carlos Del Rio, interim dean at Emory University School of Medicine, said public health experts didn't foresee the effects of learning loss and isolationism on students. That impact could be the most long-lasting. We made a mistake with schools. I hope we don't make it again. It was They clear. didn't see it. They never heard it. Right. They could have listened to three jamokes on the radio talk about it. They, they know nothing about it. It was and, common sense. Well, and, and even just to reach across the aisle, so to speak, even NPR in the summer of 2020 did a story before they really got their marching orders, I guess. Uh, they did a story about the YMCA daycare program uh, in New York, of all places, like sort of ground zero for the the pandemic, at least in terms of death and destruction in America, mm -hmm. that was really the, the worst hit place. And they said, hey, you know what, what was interesting is that all summer long, the kids of frontline doctors and nurses were in these daycare programs, and there was never any big outbreak at these programs. So, I mean, they did a few things, you know, distancing, whatever. They, they said, yeah, it kind of looks like you could pull off doing in-person instruction by the fall by fall of 2020 it was clear that you didn't have yes. to keep the schools closed and yet in a lot of especially liberal jurisdictions they didn't follow the science dude in some districts they were saying telling the kids they should go back to school was racist yeah that was Chicago. The Chicago Teachers Union uh, put it out that the push to reopen schools is rooted in racism and misogyny. Yes. And then even Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago at the time, said, no, we got to get the kids back to school. Well, that's racist. None of it made any sense. No. And you saw what other countries were doing. Yeah, it's fine to send the kids back to school, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's so frustrating to think back of how all that rolled out and all you can say is we just can't ever let it happen again but you're afraid by the time something like that could happen again people will have forgotten about yeah. it i wonder where all the money went that was going to outfit these schools with these you know in the new ventilation yeah ventilation yeah. systems and all oh. that there was billions of dollars spent no but what what happened was because the federal government and this started under trump uh the federal government gave states basically carte blanche here's here's the money um and what a lot of Democrats did, J.B. Pritzker in Illinois, Gavin Newsom in California, what they did was they used that money to pad their general revenue fund to make it look like they had a balanced budget mm -hmm. or indeed a surplus. I mean, both of these jack wagons said, we have a budget surplus because of yeah. my leadership. No, dude, federal government gave you a few billion dollars that was supposed to go to reopening schools and you never did it. It is. It's so maddening. And not to stay on this too long, but one other thing. Okay, I think about the kids and the vaccines. 
No, absolutely safe. And then it's, you know, down to six years old and then younger than that when a lot of other countries are saying, no, not going to do that. But just vaccines in general. Remember for a while it was talked about, you know, this is going to be like a seasonal thing, like a flu shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you hear anybody talking about that anymore? No. It's gone. Yeah. Well, like, like even conversations between friends or family and get togethers, this sort of question of, well, is whoever vaccinated that question's gone? Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. It is interesting because I just went to the doctor not long ago. And when you get your little printout or your little health chart, you can look up. Mm-hmm. It will tell you you're not up to date on vaccination A, B and C. Right. One of them was COVID. Yeah. It's like you're not currently up to date on your COVID vaccine. Uh, you know, and, and I thought nobody's even asked me. None of these healthcare people have even asked me about it. No. I mean, usually they'll say, you know, shingles or something when you get to be a certain age. Hey, it'd be a good idea if you did, you know, whatever. I mean, here we are in 2023. Yeah. If you just go back two years ago. Yeah. And someone would have said to you, you know, in two years, no one's even going to bring up any sort of no. vaccine. Don't would you have believed it? No, never, ever. You would have thought we're in this. Right. Whether you choose it or not, they're going to be hammering this forever. Right, because you, you couldn't do anything. Couldn't rent a car, couldn't walk outside, couldn't do anything without getting the vaccination. And now it's been proven. That's why it's never brought up. Yeah, I mean, they almost have that, to put it on your list. Like, hey, you're not up to date on your COVID vaccine. But okay. No one bring, nobody discusses it. No one. No. And they will the flu vaccine. They'll go, hey, you know, you, know, you should probably get the flu vaccine because you're a certain age, right? If you're over 50 or whatever. Then yeah, you can make a choice on whether or not to get it or not. I don't even hear that. Oh, I, I, I do occasionally. I understand that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are, you know, you've had heart attacks in the yeah, past. Yeah. I'm sure they're right. more diligent. Yes. With your checklist. Mm-hmm. Okay, David, you have a piece of audio you want to highlight. Yeah. <clears throat> I will say that I, I'm, I know next to nothing about the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even all that confident in how to pronounce this gentleman's name. But this is the funniest piece of audio that I heard today. And it's former NBA star Gilbert Arenas. Is that Arenas, how you say it? Yeah. yeah. He has had it with the Alphabet Mafia. <laughs> he's, and, he's, he's a knucklehead. He's a bit of a knucklehead. <laughs> Entertaining for sure. Yeah, but yeah, he's a knucklehead. There's a history of knuckleheadedness. Oh, yeah, he's got doing a lot of it. A, doing an interview with Vlad TV, and was, they were talking about all sorts of things, racism, the, the culture wars, things like that. And he went after the far-left LGBTQIA boron epsilon community activists have you heard this yet scott no i haven't heard it either we'll enjoy it together okay. roll it i think it's the most unfair group walking the planet right now how so you, they have a playbook that only they are playing by that they can only see no one else gets to see this playbook but we're being judged by everything that's in this playbook but we don't know it so it's like there's no open dialogue right there's no open dialogue about what is appropriate what's not we only find out after we f- up. Like he, she, it, they. Wait, we don't. F- how do we know you're you're making it up as you go? <laughs> no, stop there for a second. The delivery of this is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Classic Gilbert, right here. Go on. And we don't. It's not like that's what I said. It's not like there's this f- dictionary of updates, and we can sit there and <laughs> click it and say, "All right, oh, I can't say. Oh, I can't. They, they took this out, right? They they added this in, like having an argument with someone from the LGB. So it's suicide right here's why (laughs) they have the whole dictionary to use against you right they can say whatever they want as soon as i say something back that's gay i'm canceled now like how does that 
to work. <laughs> yeah, there is no dialogue. Yeah, no. yeah. whatever we say goes, and that's it. And we've hijacked the word pride, so just deal with it. Right. By the way, did you see the Babylon Bee on that note? They had a, a story with the picture of a 4th of July parade, and it says, Democrats confused by parades where everyone keeps their clothes on and don't swing sex toys around. <laughs> uh, the Bee. That's great. All right. Much more to get to. Including, hey, did the planet see its hottest day ever? That's what CNN said. Is it true? We'll get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the planet saw its hottest day ever. Is that true? Well, listen, you may have seen the headline. uh, CNN was the first place I saw it, but I think it's been uh, published elsewhere now. The, The headline is, the planet saw its hottest day ever this week. Ever. Okay. Even hotter than when it was a ball of molten rock. I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the claim falls apart in the details, as, as a lot of the climate cultist stuff always does. Uh, they're talking about a report from the U.S. National Centers for Environmental Protection. Uh, average global temperature hit 62.62 degrees. That's the highest since they started tracking it. The previous record was in 2016. They started tracking these things in 1979. <laughs> Hottest ever. I'm going back to 1979. But then they say, well, but because of like tree rings and, and ice melt and stuff, we, we can go back like 100,000 years. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, all right? Okay. Bro, you, you people have been wrong about everything. Why would I trust that you can tell me what the weather was 100,000 years ago? Okay. But then people will buy it. They'll just hear it. They'll be like, yeah. oh, we're dying. It's the, the the hottest day ever. I mean, I know we really only started tracking this thing in 19, within Jamie Markley's lifetime. But, you know, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessary. It's, it's not necessary. <laughs> oh, there is okay. also this little thing called El Nino that's happening that has nothing to do with your SUV. Okay. It's a it's a weather pattern. I mean, it makes it it warms the planet. I'm sitting here looking right now at this other story that I happen to see that talks about everything that was predicted as far as the end of the world. Yeah. With the environment, how it's not come true since the 50s and 60s. Well, there's a lot of people that have predicted the end of times. Yes. But it hasn't stopped anybody from the current freakout that's going on. Mm-hmm. It was a few years ago. Remember, I think we're all going to die by 2030. We're like half the way there now. It's 2023 from when this was first predicted. Okay. Well, you got seven years before you have to take the post down. Yeah, there you go. As we get closer to that, we got to remember, okay, we got two years. Right. When is 2028? All right. By the way, did you happen to see this crazy story of this dude in Florida that just broke a world record by living in an underwater habitat for 100 days? Oh, gosh. Yes. No, thanks. His name is Joseph DeTuri. I don't know. He looks like he's, I don't know, 35, 40 maybe, a little older. He's got reddish hair, kind of long, curly beard. Uh, It's like, you know, one of those guys that's adventurous. The thing is, he had shrinkage down there. (laughs) Down where? 
underwater. Oh, I thought maybe. No, he's like an inch shorter now. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Really? That's your mind out of the gutter, man. Well, no, I was just thinking, <laughs> Why are you thinking of dudes like then that? Then you said down under, and I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, the whole story that I saw out of Orlando said, yeah, the world cheered him on for the world record of being underwater without depressurization. But now that he's back on dry land, he found out that he shrunk like a half an inch to an inch hmm. in height. Wow. He compared it to the height he lost to the height astronauts gain when they're in space. Hmm. said astronauts are in tension, so they're basically being flung apart, and I'm being compressed together. <laughs> So he's hoping that he gets that hype back, but he's not sure. Man. So they're going to keep track of it. You know, the, the sad thing is he actually had to abandon the home that he'd been living in. Yeah. Because he was underwater. Yeah! <laughs> I was waiting for it, man. <laughs> oh, man. He was under pressure like nobody's business, man. He was. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes. Oh, by the way, it's also... Uh, National Bikini Day. How are you celebrating, Scott? <laughs> just look how at am him. I celebrating? Yeah, we we know how he's celebrating. Yeah, he's very... in his bikini. I was wondering what was going on. Got the two piece on. Actually, yeah. that's a Fleetwood Mac concert t shirt he has <laughs> it on. Is. Yes. I'm going to go without comment. All right, you, you guys don't even. Okay, don't even. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day? Uh, biggest story of the day, to me at least, I don't know, it's the funniest at least, is that uh, nobody quite knows how cocaine wound up in the White House. Weird. Oh, uh -huh. I do. Nobody oh. knows. Hey, it, you know, hey, it, I mean, it could have been Hunter Biden, but, you know, it could have also been a staffer who was taking uh, uh, someone on a tour uh, on the holiday weekend, you know. I mean, yeah. They can pick up their stash on the way out. <laughs> I like that. I like to these the dorks right. and... National right. media. It was a dime-sized plastic baggie. I actually heard a report that said that. <laughs> there should be a term for a dime-sized plastic baggie. <laughs> baggie. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we also got to get to Republicans being responsible for the people killed in Philadelphia. How does that work? We'll, I guess, try to explain next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, in the Fleetwood Mac t-shirt. That's Scott Robbins. What? Is that necessary? Go ahead. Whatever. Well, you're wearing it proud. I am wearing it. I didn't Mac say anything bad about it. Okay. Right. Multi-platinum band. Yeah. No big deal, man. Okay. Right. Just trying to paint the picture. It's a radio thing, I dude. know you too well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what you want to say. I read the cartoon balloon. Okay. Okay. What's the deal in Philadelphia? Why are all these Republicans helping kill people? I, you know, that's a good question, I guess. Um, there was a tragedy in Philadelphia on Monday, five people being murdered at a neighborhood party uh, by, well, a, a trans dude with a rifle. Oh. Yeah, and that, that's why now it's become the more meta uh, story of just gun violence in America. Guns, 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 okay. bad. Not, uh, well, crime-ridden cities where horrible things happen. Because, in part, uh, progressive politics of letting criminals run rampant. Uh, the Philadelphia prosecutor, Larry Krasner, one of these Soros DAs, blamed Republicans for this shooting. Uh, this was during a press conference. Okay. It is disgusting, the lack of proper gun legislation that we have in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. What? It's pretty strict. What is he talking about? 
I don't understand. I don't it is time for everybody in our legislature, including the ones who would like to walk around with an AR-15 lapel pin, it is time for every one of them to face the voters. And if they're not going to do something, then the voters are going to have to vote them out. Because that's what that lapel pin means. It means vote me out. I am against you, and I am against your safety. And a lot of us have had enough of it. I can tell you I certainly have had enough of it. Yes, your safety. You keep letting criminals out of jail. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. You're like a play well, actor. Well, these, these guys all talk big about gun violence and getting guns off the streets and all that. But this is the same guy who is dismissing... Uh, you know, gun-related charges left and right. It was something like 60% of firearm charges dropped. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> Honestly, man, that's why a lot of people see this story, and they feel bad for the people that got shot and killed and feel bad for their families, but are not going to pay that much attention to it because they already know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen. Well, you know, you take all these DAs. What city is better and safer now than when they took over? Good question. I mean, there isn't. there aren't any. There's nothing you can point to that would indicate that that's true. No. I mean, these guys that want to pull every gun off the street and all this other kind of nonsense, yet, as David said, you know, don't really keep anybody behind bars. No. I mean, it's not safer. Shut up. It's not about actually going after law-abiding gun owners because law-abiding gun owners don't go and murder people. It's about disarming the American population. Yes. And again, (laughs) talked about it so many different times. So many of these murders are done so with people that have guns illegally. But if you bring up, do you want to do something about catching someone? Illegal possession of a firearm? Yeah. Like automatic sentence? Oh, no. No, no, can't do that. that. No, no, no. No, that'd be racist. Then you really don't want to do anything about the problem. Mm -hmm. So on it goes. Okay. Thanks, Larry. Next. Um... I guess the AP celebrated the 4th of July yesterday by explaining why the word patriot is problematic. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you hear that? Yep. Oh, boy. Um, the AP argued that the word has been overtly political and taken up by extremist groups. Used in ways that made it less about love for the country and more about hatred for certain minority groups. Mm-hmm. Statement said the term patriot in America has been infused in political rhetoric and school curriculums with varying meanings, while also being appropriated by white nationalist groups. Today, the word and its variants have morphed in beyond the original meaning. It has become infused in political rhetoric. Blah, blah, blah. How so, long before New England keeps changes their name? Right. <laughs> it's violence. Uh, right, yes. This is the group that kept celebrating Pride Month. Yeah. Talking about... <laughs> Words oh, and I, their meaning. I like this. From the same people who told you that Antifa is just an idea are going to come <laughs> around and say, oh, yeah, by the way, Patriot is now fraught. It's really, it, it is a bummer to me. Like, I was out and about uh, with family and and friends over the over the weekend and over the extended weekend that I took. And, you know, I saw a lot of people wearing patriotic garb, walking around, you know, American yeah. flag shirts. Some of them extremely loud shirts. And, I, you know, it's kind of people, a lot of people wear those with sort of a wink and a nod. Like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm proud to be an American, but I also think that this is just kind of a fun shirt. Kind of like St. Patrick's Day with yeah. the crazy green outfit. Yeah, it, but yeah. I, I, I also heard from a couple of people 
who were just rolling their eyes about all of this, you know, like, oh, why would somebody drape themselves in the American flag? Oh, it's so unbecoming. And, uh, you know, America's not that good or whatever. And I'm just like, get over yourself, man. I mean, these are the same people who would, you know, make fun of me for having an American flag hanging outside of my house who have a Ukrainian flag outside of their house. Like, <laughs> exactly. no, yes. you don't, you don't, you don't get to show support for Ukraine. I mean, if you want to, you can, but then turn around and say, yeah, but why would you have, uh, I don't know, proudly display the flag of the country. I don't know. You live in. Right. That fought for all your freedoms. Yeah. Yeah. You owe something to those people. That is also that died for it. I mean, that is also fighting for Ukraine's freedom, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. So I, I it, it's such a bummer to me when people do stuff like that. When you see media outlets saying, like, you know, Patriot is a, oh, that could be a, a fraught term, you know, because there are some loser white supremacist groups in Michigan or wherever who have used that term in their uh, group's name. You can't use that term anymore because it means you're a white supremacist. No, I don't care what you say. No. No, they don't get to define me. Nope. Absolutely. Totally agree. Now, speaking of the AP and other fake news organizations, there's a great piece from Real Clear Politics. This is Dr. Pierre Corey, uh, president and chief medical officer for the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. And he's written a book. Mm -hmm. In the piece, talking about fake news and the title of the piece, How to Create a Fake News Cycle, he said... You know, that he had been a lifelong Democrat voter, pulled the lever for Biden in 2020. He had no clue how the media world actually worked until this time. The whole reason I think he wrote the piece, he started by saying, despite the best efforts of the mainstream media to pillory him as an anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is having a moment. Recent poll from CNN of all places showed him earning 20% of Democratic primary voters. And that was before his Joe Rogan interview and shirtless push-up video, <laughs> which also made him more popular. Well, I mean, you would compare and contrast. Holy smokes, yeah. Something, isn't it? I see Joe doing the push-ups without a shirt on. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, he said that before. Biden's challenged other people oh, I know. to push-ups. I don't think he's going to do it with RFK. That's his one thing, right? He always does that. But back to uh, Dr. Corey's piece, he said, Prior to COVID-19, I trusted that what I was reading represented the truth. My experience running the frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance quickly disabused me from that idea. He said the first wave hit in December 2020 when I testified in the Senate that corticosteroids were saving my COVID patients' lives. My recommendations weren't just ignored, they were attacked. Mm -hmm. And I was personally ridiculed as a fraud and Trump puppet. My life and career were upended. I felt forced to resign my faculty position. It was cold comfort when a few months later, a large study confirmed my testimony and government agencies added steroids to the standard of care for COVID patients. And he goes on to write, that he struggled to make sense of the whole thing through much of 2021. The Biden administration and the mainstream media single-mindedly pushed untested vaccines, even as the FLCCC accumulated more and more evidence that cheap generic medicines could stop COVID. And he detailed it in his book. And 
it's really something to go through all of this. One little quick part of this talks about Rachel Maddow. Mm-hmm. He said, after the crash course in media manipulation, I was much savvier and learned to spot the tactics. When in September 2021, Rachel Maddow tweeted a local news story to her 10 million followers about Oklahoma hospitals being overrun with ivermectin overdoses, I knew it was fake news. Oh, I remember that one. Remember it all? Yep. Oh, yeah. The report quoted the doctor claiming that patients overdosing on ivermectin were backing up rural hospitals. Supposedly, people coming to the ER with serious injuries, even gunshot wounds, could not access care. The story was laundered through countless media outlets and blue checks who were already skeptical of ivermectin because of its association with Trump and his supporters. In their eyes, a bunch of MAGA lunatics overdosing on horse dewormer were going to killing were killing grandma. <laughs> Six days later, the hospital where the doctor worked confirmed that the story was a total fabrication. There were no ivermectin overdoses, none. And the doctor hadn't worked at the hospital in more than two months. And he goes on from there to talk about Rolling Stone just being fake oh, news. Yeah, they all did it. All the way through. And basically it's a how-to on creating a fake news cycle. It's fascinating. Yeah, the ivermectin overdose thing was crazy. Yeah. Well, Remember I, how close it seemed that Joe Rogan was going to lose his gig at Spotify oh, yeah. because yeah. of all the Neil Youngs of the world? Yeah, Joe Rogan's dangerous. I want my music off there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. Well, I just remember that one part when we were talking about the ivermectin Oklahoma thing mm-hmm. where they said even gunshot victims can't get critical care. Yeah. And I'm like, it's rural Oklahoma. How many gunshot victims do you think are showing up there every day? Gunshot like, in Oklahoma. Like that part doesn't make sense. It's not that there's not crime in rural Oklahoma, but it's not the same as a big city where you've got, you know, gangbangers running around and throwing bullets all over the place. I mean, it's not, there's just not a whole lot of, of those cases that show up. Hey, hey, my, my. Mecton, <laughs> make you die. We'll kill you, guy. Go away. Uh, yeah, I, it's, but I do remember that. They go, how are they overdosing on ivermectin? How's that happening? It's taking too much, man. Hey, if they tell you to take two, four must be better. It's like it's ivermectin, <laughs> coming, <laughs> ivermectin coming from China. <laughs> oh, or that, that lady in Arizona who tried to kill her husband. Yeah. Remember, oh, that was, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Hydroxychloroquine. You remember yeah. that. That was because uh, she used fish tank cleaner that had chloroquine in right. it. Right. Yeah. And uh, put it in his drink. He drank it. And NBC News actually interviewed her and ran with the story that it was Donald Trump talking about hydroxychloroquine that made this dude get so desperate to avoid getting COVID that he drank fish tank cleaner. Yep. Oh, yeah. Wow, man. It was Donald Trump's fault. (laughs) The bedwetters in the media. (laughs) That's David's phrase, Mm -hmm. and it's so true. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's uh, the audio of the woman flipping out on the plane? Do you have it? Yeah, this is a crazy thing. Yeah, a woman aboard an American Airlines flight was recorded this weekend having a meltdown over a fellow passenger she claimed wasn't real. Demanded to get off the plane. This was on a flight going to Orlando from Dallas. Okay. And saying that the person on board is not real? Yeah. Okay. Roll that audio. I'm telling you, I'm getting the f*** off. And there's a reason why I'm getting the f*** off. And everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two f***s. But I am telling you right now, that mother f- 
back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not. I'm not going to. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Whoo. Oh, man. Mm. That's, that's, I'd like to see your Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't take mushrooms before going on a flight, people. Wow, that's just a no PSA kidding. there. Holy cow, man. Do we know anything else about that? No, she don't just know what was going on. There. Nuts all the time, or is she on something? I don't know. I wondered if this wasn't... Remember the movie Smile? Uh, yeah. They did the big uh, uh, campaign where they hired people to sit in the stands behind home plate at baseball yeah. games and do that creepy smile. Yes. Right. That was like the marketing strategy. I wonder if this isn't some sort of marketing strategy for a horror movie. I hope it's that and not just somebody having a complete mental breakdown. I'm betting on breakdown. Probably. If I had to bet. Yeah. yeah. Or mushrooms. Yeah. Chemi- chemical breakdown. Yeah. yeah. You think it's drugs? That's, yes, I, I just do. losing it. Okay. Yeah. We're keeping it I mean, I've ridden one. people on planes with people I didn't think were real either, but <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. Another mystery. Who brought cocaine into the White House? Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, this is quite a caper, huh? Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a, the mystery of the century now. Who left cocaine in the White House? Hmm. You know, if you were a guest at the White House, why would you bring Coke with you? Well, and I'm just asking. I mean, I mean, maybe don't you like tap, you know, they don't they search you and pat you down pretty good and go through background checks and all that sort of thing. They do. The other thing is where they found it was in a common area. And this is apparently one of the places where before you proceed in a private tour, you have to leave your personal belongings. So I'm sitting here wondering. Who's like, okay, I'm going to leave my uh, my cell phone here, uh, you know, maybe leave my Apple Watch. Oh, and my bag of cocaine. <laughs> Put that on the table. <laughs> Nobody did that. And then forget to pick it up on yeah, the way out. Yeah, and then you forget to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, oops. It's like, <laughs> it's like hey, is, is anyone missing their bag of cocaine? Cocaine. <laughs> They're saying, yeah, listen, uh, this is Larry. I was on a tour of the White House earlier today. <laughs> I seem to have misplaced my bag of cocaine. But, yeah, they're all asking us to believe that, well, Hunter Biden wasn't there over the weekend. He was just there on Friday. And they sweep that room all the time. So it was probably like a White House staffer. Please. They'll, they'll, they're going to throw, like, Kareem Jean-Pierre under the bus or something before ever admitting that maybe, just maybe, a Hunter Biden, who's been crashing at the White House, had something to do with it. Okay. There's cameras everywhere, right? Yeah. I would think so. They know whose it is. Yeah, that that's that's like a that's like a day long investigation, isn't it? If they found it, I would think. I mean, come on. What is the clip we have with Biden saying, "Take a test on the cocaine"? I don't even remember that. Before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? <laughs> what? Oh, that was what on was a debate. Oh that yeah, dur- during a debate because uh, uh, Trump had suggested that Joe Biden was on some go pills. It said, maybe we need a drug test. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it comes out with some rapid-fire answer to the question. <laughs> hey, let's test for cocaine, buddy, and then let's run laps, all right? Seriously, that is the most alert I've ever heard of. I know. Seriously. Before you got I... in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not? What do you think, huh? Guilty. <laughs> Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what happened at CNN, David? Well, not not just at CNN, but I, a lot of liberal news outlets are extremely upset at a federal judge who was confirmed ninety-eight to zero in the Senate, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're you know they're going after him as a right-wing activist judge because he has sided with the principle of free speech, and this has to do with a lawsuit over the federal government censoring speech or trying to coerce social media platforms to remove problematic figures. Well, that's exactly what happened. And that that is what happened. You know, whether it's the Hunter Biden laptop story, you know, whether it is all the stuff with COVID, lab leak theory, all of this stuff that got censored. And a lot of that was because the federal government pushed for it to be censored. And part of the Twitter files, what they what they uncovered really is a disturbing illustration of this revolving door between big tech and the FBI, where the FBI was actually sending people over to work for these companies. Because not only were they meeting with them, they started working for them. Yes. To control the message. Right. To to try to stamp out disinformation or whatever. Well, to censor Americans. Yeah, of course they do. That's exactly what they were doing. Yeah, and many times, you know, they won't admit this, but many times the things that were uh, conspiracy theories or disinformation turned out to actually be true, or at yes. least more likely true than not. Absolutely. They were reasonable avenues of, of investigation and discussion. And so a judge has, has issued a temporary injunction saying, no, federal government cannot be involved in this stuff while the case moves forward. Okay. And liberal media types are pissed about it. I, again, this is weird to see anybody who considers himself a journalist to side with a centralized authoritarian movement within the government. Well, uh, many of today's journalists are all about all about suppressing speech, right? Or you know, <laughs> or they also work with former feds who are now contributors to their networks. Yes. Yeah, who are also their sources for a lot of information, so they trust the feds more than anything. Um, uh, what's this guy's name? I, I, I remember him, and you may remember him from a few years ago as well, when I remind you. I'll just play the clip here real quick. Ryan J. Riley is on MSNBC. Okay. And he says, you know what? <clears throat> In reality, the federal government isn't censoring people enough and what? monitoring people enough. Not take proper precautions. And uh, here's, uh, here's the clip from MSNBC. You know, you have to take a step back and acknowledge what the reality is about how the FBI has been interacting with this. And just look at January 6th itself, for example, right? It's not as though the FBI has been going in and saying, hey, take down this post, hey, take down this post. That's what they're alleging, but there's just not a lot of evidence to support that. There, there are emails. And basically, we've had a situation where some politicians are making any contact between social media companies and the FBI or law enforcement seem problematic in some way. And if you look at the reality, it's like the FBI is not very good at monitoring social media. Just look at what happened on January 6th. There are all of these warning signs, red flags going up all over the place, and they weren't prepared. They didn't do enough. Boy, you talk about stepping on the rake there. Yeah, I was just going to say. Because 
everybody knew that somebody had uh, some plans to do something bad. And the big question is, why weren't they prepared? And I they wanted think the spectacle is what yeah, I believe. They wanted it to happen. I, I do believe that there are people within the House of Representatives who are kind of disappointed that none of the, their fellow colleagues got killed that day. Um, because you think about how much they have milked that for everything it's worth. Oh, yeah. Deadly insurrection, blah, blah, blah. All of that. Yeah, if, if a member of Congress had gotten seriously hurt or killed, they would have been able to really, yeah. really ramp this stuff up. Now, Ryan J. Riley, by the way, is a guy who had been dispatched to St. Louis or Ferguson specifically during the Michael Brown riots. Again, you talk about disinformation. <laughs> oh, yeah. The city burned down based on a lie that Michael yeah. Brown was Ends shot. Up, don't shoot. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was the guy who very famously tweeted out a picture of earplugs but didn't know they were earplugs and said, I believe these are rubber bullets. Can anyone confirm? <laughs> yeah, that's, no. That's great. <laughs> that's like legendary. <laughs> that's great. So he's an idiot, but yeah, oh, he has boy. a platform. Yeah. Now, David, you were off the other day when uh, we were going over Biden talking about the student loan scheme that didn't get through mm -hmm. and how upset he was. Yeah. And it was all there and the money was ready to go out and Republicans snatched it from the arms of families. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I saw this story. This happened over the weekend. It was the Washington Free Beacon talking about everything with college admissions and the student loan stuff. And Biden saying, you know what? Uh, in the future, we really want to get rid of these practices that favor legacy students and those who came from wealthy or powerful families. It just shouldn't mean you get in. How is that supposed to be an own on conservatives? Because yeah. I, I don't know any conservative pundit who is like, no, don't allow the legacy. <laughs> don't take away the legacies. Oh, no. I don't know anybody who's arguing for that. It's just a straw man. They throw up there. Plus, the fact he did it. That's the great yeah. part of the story yeah. that's detailed in the beacon. He did it. Um, part of a concerted effort in 2018 to pressure the president of University of Pennsylvania to accept his granddaughter, despite the school's 5.9% admissions rate and her less than stellar grades. So the way this goes is Maisie Biden, his granddaughter, Hunter's daughter, texted her father, Hunter, in October 2018, I applied an early decision to Penn today. Can you give me an update? Joe Biden texted Hunter on December 13th, going to try to see University of Pennsylvania President Gutman tomorrow. And then a couple days later, followed up and said, had a great talk with Gutman. Macy's still in the game for regular acceptance, but must do well in class this period. It's real. We should talk about tutors, et cetera, starting tomorrow. Okay? Mm-hmm. So then Hunter relayed the news to Maisie, adding that she could potentially elevate her application if her lacrosse coach were to reach out to the coach at Penn and express her interest playing there. So Hunter said, I think it would also help if you had the coach talk to their lacrosse coach. Bottom line is that Gutman, the president, made clear that in order for her to explain the 11th grade you had to show improvement in 12th, 
which is something I think we would have all liked to known from the start. But in fairness, we were much later in the app process than usual and made it look like we weren't 100% about Penn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So up to date there, then several months later, Joe Biden did get good news from the dean of admissions, and they should expect a call from the University of Pennsylvania president before the final acceptance results were posted on March 29th of 2019. And, of course, Macy Biden started at Penn that fall. Then it goes on the story to say the Biden family's ties to the president there, Gutman, did not begin there, however. The Penn president had been the one to award then-Vice President Joe Biden with an honorary doctorate in 2013. And in 2016, she had met with both Joe and Hunter Biden several times. So it goes on to say the Free Beacons report did not detail what may have happened, may have happened in those meetings, but did note one thing. Approximately one year prior to the university Penn Biden Center coming to fruition. <laughs> And in July of 2021, President Biden appointed Gutman to a plum ambassadorship in Germany. Really? She was confirmed by the Senate six months later. Mm-hmm. We got to do something about this privilege. <laughs> yeah. Got to think about hard work and family. I said, I'm with President Gutman and said, well, I can take that ambassadorship away from you. And <laughs> son of a bee. Next thing you know, my granddaughter's going to school there. How do you like that? What yeah. do you know? Yeah. How about that? And now... Biden's got another granddaughter, but she's not to be recognized. Dude, this is sad. This is genuinely upsetting to me where, you know, this guy, remember, he is going to be the one who will repair the soul of the nation. And he's family man Joe, right? Yeah. Well, of course, he's got a four-year-old granddaughter in Arkansas uh, that his son uh, conceived with a stripper that, that he hung around with. And then fought tooth and nail to not take responsibility for when she got pregnant. Um, and the New York Times, of all places, I, this is another one of those like drip, drip, drip. We're going to try to like send the signal that, Joe, you're not running again. Right. It's so sad. There's a four-year-old girl. This is how the New York Times puts it. There's a four-year-old girl in rural Arkansas who's learning to ride a camouflage pattern four-wheeler alongside her cousins. Some days she wears her bow in, in her hair, or wears a bow in her hair, I should say. And on the other days, she threads her long blonde ponytail through the back of a baseball cap. The girl is aware that her father is Hunter Biden and that her paternal grandfather is the president of the United States. Wow. She speaks about both of them often, but she has never met them. Uh, And then, per the Times, his public image, Biden's public image, is centered around his devotion to his family, including Hunter. Uh, In strategy meetings in recent years, though, aides have been told that the Bidens have six, not seven, grandchildren, according to two people familiar with the discussions. Just, no, we we don't have that other grandchild. That sucks, man. That is such a, what a crappy human being. No doubt, man. Wow. That's just awful all the way around. That is awful. And it's one thing, because, I mean, we've known this for a while, but it does happen when you start putting descriptors out there and describing the girl and that she knows both of them. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's my grandpa. He's the president. I've just never met him. Yeah, that's freaking sad. Wow, man. Gosh, dang. Yeah. Freaking family values. (laughs) Shut up. All right, uh, Ben and Jerry's. But a lot of people are not going to buy Ben and Jerry's again. They want them to go the way of Bud Light. 
They stepped in it yesterday with this 4th of July thing, Dave. Well, yeah, they said this 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Um, also said that, yeah, we got to start with Mount Rushmore. The faces of Mount Rushmore are the faces of men who actively work to destroy indigenous cultures and ways of life to deny indigenous people their basic rights. Yada, yada, yada. We've heard this all before. Thank you very much, freshman uh, history 101 student. Um, it, it just it's exhausting to me to hear it that is. on the 4th of July, especially yeah. when you actually read the history of all of this. They act like the native populations, like there wasn't any sort of mutual combat happening that that, you know, we just or that, you know, colonizers or colonials came in and just like stole the land away. Well, no, there was some fighting that happened. Well, it was not only that, but the same people act like the founders of this country invented slavery. Right. Like it hadn't happened since the dawn of time. Right. It, yes, it's exhausting. Yeah, let's blow up Mount Rushmore. What the hell? <laughs> Why not? I think we need uh, to build good. another Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Is it a red state? Is it a blue state? Where's it going to go? Mm-hmm. That's the way it all seems to be going right oh, now. Yeah. Also controversial out there, not maybe as much as Ben and Jerry, but MovieWeb.com put out the 25 funniest movies ever made. Oh, wow. Is Groundhog Day really the funniest movie ever made? No. Not in my opinion. It's a I good liked movie, it, but, but yeah. But the funniest ever? No. no. Wow. Dumb and Dumber, is that in the conversation in the top 25? Should Where's be. Where's Up in Smoke? Where's Up in Smoke? <laughs> yeah. Full digest. Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Sorry, I I just laughed so hard that I choked on spit that I just inhaled. Um, law enforcement sources are telling Politico now that the White whoever left that bag of cocaine at the White House, we may never know. What? You don't have cameras in there? One of the most secure places on the face of the earth. We'll never know who left that bag of cocaine. And you're being mean if you think it was Hunter Biden. Who, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe had a little bit of a drug problem involving said cocaine. Well, yeah. But it's a great mystery now. I mean, when I think about all of the great mysteries of the earth, it's, uh, you know, what happened to Amelia Earhart? What happened to the lost colony of Roanoke? Who left cocaine at the White House? White House. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wouldn't have been coke if it was Hunter anyway. He likes crack. Yeah, well, well, he was going to rock it up in the the kitchen. I mean, it's just video the other day. Of him, what, doing 172 mile an hour? Yeah. Smoking Wild crack? smoking crack. Yes. So how dare you think that that cocaine might have been his? Well, it's a, it's, he, yeah, he, who admitted to smoking crack every 15 minutes. Yeah. Every 15 minutes of waking time. Yeah, well, he's... Well, I don't know. Well, maybe. it's like cocaine. It's like the off-ramp. He's California sober now, okay? He's, he's, not, he's not rocking it up anymore, okay? He's, he's just got the powder now. And it was just a little bag. It was a dime bag, okay? Okay, I got to ask the question. All right. It sounds stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, I got to phrase it different. I can't say, are the walls closing in? I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> but is media turning on Biden now? Are it, they setting it up 
for Gavin Newsom because they know Joe just can't make it? It does kind of feel that way, just little by little. You've got you know a media outlet here and there talking about mm-hmm. the whistleblowers with uh, possible bribery allegations against the president. Uh, you've got, I mean, the New York Times doing a, a profile of the granddaughter that he has that he ignores completely because he's a horrible human being. Yeah. I mean, that it does see. And then you got this cocaine caper uh, in the White House. <laughs> it's something, man. But you really, you can't find who left a bag of cocaine in the White House. <laughs> Just They know. They know. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Agree. I just like the cocaine caper. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Oh, I mentioned MovieWeb.com. 25 funniest movies ever made. I'll give you their top 10. Okay. Number 10, His Girl Friday. Hmm. I've never seen it. Well, I hey, like buddy. that movie. I've never seen it. 1940? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Harry were in Grant. film school for a yeah, while. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dr. Strangelove at number nine. Yeah. Never seen I it. I like that movie. Not the funniest never. movie I've ever seen, but. Uh, Super Bad at eight. Okay. Never seen it. It's okay. I don't know if it's top ten. Then Anchorman, Funny. Young Frankenstein, Funny, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yep. Princess Bride. Funny. Dazed and Confused at three. Mm. Some like it hot and Groundhog Day. What? Confused list, isn't it? This no is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Mm. No, no Animal House. The Animal, Animal House, House isn't really beyond. that funny. There are some movies that you really think, oh, man, classic, yeah, funny. You're, you're right. I haven't seen it in a long time, so maybe I should rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a long time either. I think Fletch is one of the funniest movies. When's ever. the last time you saw it? Fletch? Yeah. Been a while. Okay. But I laughed out loud. Yeah, I mean, there were some people saying, okay, Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, oh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Every time. Every pretty funny time. movie. I've seen yeah. it a hundred times. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the biggest story of the day, David? Uh, biggest story of the day. I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with this. But who the left cocaine? cocaine at the White House? I yeah. <laughs> Don't mention Hunter. <laughs> I've got a I've got a great take on that coming up. By the way, okay. from Ari Fleischer. Really? Yeah. Okay. And the Scott Robbins trifecta all the way right here. All right. It's the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jerry Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott mm-hmm. Robbins. Got the trifecta from Robbins in just a couple. News update, David Van Camp. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I hate to break it to you, but we may never know who left a baggie of cocaine in the White House. Good golly. How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, how is well, that freaking possible? That That's what law enforcement is telling Politico now that, hey, you know, I, I know that it's it's the interior of the White House. One of the most secure and security-conscious buildings on the face of the planet. But we just, you know, there's a lot of tape to go through, and we may never know who left a little baggie of cocaine there. Uh, who knows? Anybody. I mean, who isn't walking around with little baggies of cocaine? You know, <laughs> we can lose it any time. It's like, it's like a penny that falls out of your pants. Golly. Right? I'm not surprised. <laughs> we'll never know who left the pipe bombs in front of the RNC and DNC. Dude. No. We, on January fifth, no, and we, <laughs> I Get mean, video there too. There, there is video know. of that, yeah. but apparently it's grainier than my, you know, off the shelf uh, home security camera. Mm-hmm. Apparently that, yeah, yeah, you know, between DC and the federal government, uh, no one can spring for a ring camera or something. This grainy footage. Oh, and the 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 cell phone data for the pipe bomber. They, yeah. they could have tracked where that person was going. <laughs> 
you know, the, the, the data was just corrupted, though, unfortunately. They, they didn't get there in time. It's just like when Epstein didn't kill himself. Right. The cameras just went out. Yeah, they just happened to go out at, at that time. and One of those things, man. Uh, just happened to have, like, a part-time guard there. And, you know, <laughs> glinky-dink is what it yeah. is, really, when you think about it. God uh, dang. My favorite story of the day, I do think, besides that, is a federal judge saying, hey, uh, you agencies, federal agencies, yeah, you can't be talking to social media anymore. Can't be suppressing free speech. Mm-hmm. You can't and tell the outrage say, right? from yeah. legacy media, as you yeah. pointed out, these are supposed to be journalists, David. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On CNN, they they were panicked about this. They were like, well, this is obviously just crazy. This is overreach from this judge. Overreach from the judge to tell the federal government to stay out of people's free speech rights? What? what? I haven't heard this audio. Have you heard it, Scott? No. I think we got a minute before your trifecta. Roll that out. I want to hear that. Just reading the words in this injunction, a, quote, massive effort by the defendants to suppress speech based on content. Those are the judge's words. Calling the present case, quote, arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history, Ellie. Yeah. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge. If you read through it, he's citing to literature and George Washington and Ben Franklin. Here's what really is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes. It shouldn't be. Right. Are you saying conservatives are the only ones that haven't lost their minds? What the country was founded on? That's what it sounds like to yeah. me. Questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the- Yes, because what did we find out in the end? Everything you didn't want us to find out. Right. People that were saying that were right all along. Yep. The whole mask thing. Yep. And with vaccines, as we were talking about earlier in the show, when's the last time someone said, hey, are you updated on your vaccine? Yeah. Everyone knows it's not going to stop it. It's not going to stop the spread. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. That, that's what you, judges do. You've that's been what suppressing free speech. Right. You need to stop. <laughs> yeah. What the heck, man? I suppose. All that sounds like to me is a group of people like the CNNs of the world. Hey, we don't hold the keys to the castle anymore. Yeah. We're basically obsolete. We used to be able to tell people what to think, and we can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And we're frustrated little female dogs. Well, and, and that's the voice that you just heard there is Ellie Honig. He used to be a federal prosecutor. So he's very much in the club of people who would be affected by this. Well, yeah, it's like the pipeline. And then someone else gets elected and he'll go back to another federal gig and then he'll go back to CNN Mm -hmm. and continue the talking points. Nobody buys that crap anymore. No. Sorry, dude. Game's over. That's a good thing. All right, Robin, you ready for your Yeah, let's roll, man. Let's do it. Roll it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time. 
Scott Robbins' top three of the day to try to affect that. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey. Hey, Jason. buddy. I didn't, man, I was waiting on you last night. Didn't show up. Yes. I know. I don't know. I'm why. ready. I always invite him. He never shows. Okay. All right. I'm ready. All right. Three. Number three, a Texas woman retires from Dillard's after 74 years. She's 90 years old. She's worked at Dillard's for 74 years and is finally hanging it up. Never once missing a day or calling in sick, by the way. Wow. She's 90 years old. Started her career in 1949 as an elevator girl. I only mention this story because she was a single mom at a time when there weren't single moms, or a lot of them anyway, and raised two highly successful sons by working her way up through Dillard's to be able to achieve that. And she's never taken Social Security, by the way. So actually, at 90, the Social Security is going to be like ten grand a month by the time <laughs> if you wait till 90 to do it. Now, what's interesting about this is uh, she was successful, I guess, because of her privilege. <laughs> what do you mean? It had nothing to do with showing up every day for work and never calling in sick and busting your ass to get ahead. Forgive me. What's a Dillard's? You know what it is. Store. It's a department store. You've been to a Dillard's. I've never been to yes, a Dillard's. You have. I can. T- I know you have. You know my history, Scott. I, I know enough to know you were at well, a Dillard's. I, I, I know that you have been in a Dillard's, actually. Yes. How? Because we, we walked through one one time when we were doing a market visit. Where was it? At a mall. What town? That was in San Antonio. Yeah. I don't have any recollection of that. Did you people drug me? <laughs> no. What's we in the department store? We didn't we didn't shop in the Dillard's. We just walked through it okay. to get to the rest of the mall. It's like a Macy's, right? But it I know yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. There was one in your hometown, our hometown. Yeah. For a while. We have different hometowns. No, I mean like the the place we worked and lived. Okay. Okay. When did that have most of them closed? I, I, a lot of them. Some have closed, some of yeah. them have, yes. Okay. They're like the All mall right. anchor stores. All right. You know. I just wanted to bring that story to light because she's 90, worked 74 years. Yes, I think it's a nice story. Although, why didn't she retire? She must have loved the gig. She loved the gig. Wow. Good for her, man. We're getting closer and closer to number one. All right, the Scott Robbins Strike Fact, the top three of the day up to number two. Number two, the Taliban. You know, the world is watching them, and they are, if they want access to the international community, they're going to have to prove that they are oh my gosh. willing to govern in a 21st century fashion. Uh, they're banning women's beauty salons now. Yeah, the kinder, gentler Taliban has now banned beauty salons. Golly. In the latest to curb the rights and the freedoms of Afghan women and girls, following edicts barring them from education, public spaces, and most forms of employment, a spokesperson for the Taliban-run Virtue and Vice Ministry. Oh, buddy. Not details here yet, but only confirm the contents of a letter that's circulating right now on social media. The letter didn't offer a reason for this order, but the intent is obvious. Going to a beauty salon, they say, is a sign of vanity. And there's no reason to have your hair styled or put on makeup. You're not going to be out lot out of the house anyway without your face being covered. All these abuse, abusive tactics regarding women are taking place right now, right out in the open. And nobody's doing a damn thing about it. After all, the world is watching. Wow, man. You know what? Can't go to school. Can't really go out of the house without a face covering and a covering over your fa- over your head. Can't work. But you can't go to the beauty salon either. So there you go. You know what needs to happen here then? What? Remember after Roe v. Wade was overturned, or maybe this was after the Dobbs decision was, was leaked initially, mm-hmm. uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 
did a live stream, the far left representative out of New York, where she said her act of protest was going to be a personal act of reclamation. And so she was protesting Dobbs by getting her nails done. Yes. Yes. So I'm just saying maybe she should go to Kabul. And, you know, she's she's a sassy Latina, right? I mean, she she doesn't take guff from anyone. No, and show those mean men. Mr. Yeah. Men and the Taliban, we're going to lead a protest, okay? <laughs> we're going to get our nails done. It's an act of protest and personal reclamation. Right. All right, all right, listen, all right, mm-hmm. listen, listen, okay, listen. <laughs> and she could incorporate that accent as she does it because that's just on call for her whenever she wants. <laughs> It's really yeah. something, man. She'll actually finally get really arrested. <laughs> not just yes. fake. Not just yes. Now, arrested. on with the countdown. Talk about fearing for your life. Okay. The Scott Robbins strike yep. back the top three of the day up to number one. Number one, Ari Fleischer has weighed in on that bag of cocaine that was found in the White House. Yeah, the former White House press secretary has basically said, this is crap, man. What do you he mean? He said, you've got to be kidding me. Cocaine was found at the White House, and authorities aren't saying exactly where it was found? If it's the old executive office building, it's likely staff. If it's the mansion, it's likely honor. (laughs) What are we talking about here? What gibberish? A West Wing work area? With the exception of the White House mess and bathrooms, the entire West Wing is a work area. Where exactly was the cocaine found? In that office? In the sit room, in the private office next to the Oval? Where? They're not going to tell you, and they don't want you to know. Harry's had enough of the nonsense. <laughs> Stop it. You know where it was found. Oh. And there you have and it. And you know whose it was. <laughs> He's probably just going there. You know exactly where, where, where it was found, and you should tell me because it might be mine. <laughs> you never so. know. Leftover wow. from administration's past. Yeah. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Golly. <laughs> What gibberish? West Wing work area? Whole damn thing's a work area. You see, someone started a uh, Twitter account called Hunter's Bag of Cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You knew that was coming. Yeah. It's really been an honor for me. Yes, yes. appreciate it, Casey. Um, Actually, man. Yeah, you're from your trifecta, and then talking about the Taliban. Yeah, I think there's a Biden clip from last week that David hasn't heard yet that is going to be absolute joy. Oh, good. Straight ahead, right here. And Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Republicans bad, snatching money away from needy people <laughs> yet again. Well, that was the word the other day. From the president after the student loan scheme didn't go so well with the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, at the end of that speech, and I don't know if you ever heard it, David. Um, one of the reporters from Fox asked Joe, why'd you give people false hope? <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. We're going to get this done, God willing. Thank you. Mr. President, why did you give millions of borrowers false hope? You dated, doubted your own authority here in the past. I didn't give any false hope. The question was whether or not if I would do even more than was requested. What I did I thought was appropriate and was able to be done and would get done. I didn't give Boris false hope, but the Republicans snatched away the hope that it was, they were given, and it's real. Who gave them the hope they snatched away then? Yeah. You did. <laughs> Shut up. 
Well, the decision they quoted Nancy Pelosi. The president has no power to do it. She yeah. said it in 2021. But then as he's walking out and you think, okay, he's done. Someone's shouting a question and he can't help himself. He comes back. And the question was about Afghanistan, about were there mistakes oh, yeah. made getting out of there? There was mistakes during the withdrawal Listen. and before. No, no, all the evidence is coming back there. Remember what I said about Afghanistan? I said Al-Qaeda would not be there. I said it wouldn't be there. I said we'd get help from the Taliban. What's happening now? What's going on? Read your press. I was right. Thanks. But the, yes, your ahead. reaction is exactly the, what I thought it would be. Exactly. Okay, the goalposts moved so far. They're sitting on a softball field now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It. One Al Qaeda is experiencing a resurgence, um, but then two. The actual claim was that the Taliban wouldn't come in and take back over. It wasn't really about al-Qaeda. It was that the Taliban would not be able to come back and set up a government uh, as quickly as it did, if ever. Because we had 300,000 people in security forces, Mm -hmm. like most of whom were drug addicts or farmers who were just nominally a part of this. And who at the so first sign of trouble said, so, yeah, this. Forget the women's rights and all of that. Yeah. yeah. What They're is helping that? us just like I predicted. What? Now go away. <laughs> That's unreal. It is. That's like the third time I've heard it in every time. I know. And then read your press. What? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. So if I read your talking points, I'm not supposed to ask questions? <laughs> really? That's how it's supposed to work? Well, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. All right, we got to get the Nimrods. Roll it out. Here we go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. We go to Indiana. 39-year-old woman looking into uh, getting a job at her local sheriff's department. Had an interview the other morning. Uh problem she didn't get the job but she did end up uh with a dui Mm. interview was at 8 45 in the morning they could immediately tell she was hammered oh boy Mm. speech was slurred breath smelled like booze so breathalyzer busted it out twice the legal limit golly she had driven herself there going to the okay oh yes oh yeah She's just stupid. Eventually admitted she had been drinking that morning. They arrested her for operating a vehicle while intoxicated, locked her up on $1,500 bond. Mm. Did she get the job? No. (laughs) Did not get the job. (laughs) What do you think this is, the White House? Yeah, no kidding. Discriminated against drunks? What? (laughs) (laughs) Drunk phobic. Yeah. Guy in Oregon got four years in prison, stealing over $700,000 from coin cashing machines at grocery stores. (laughs) Yes. And then in Michigan, 62-year-old woman arrested after her friend told cops she assaulted him with a sandwich. Oh, those footlongs hurt. <laughs> You've been hit with one, huh? Yeah. Buddy. And that's Nimrod's in the news.